What's up, Lauren? Happy New Year. Happy flipping New Year, Rob. I am so excited for this year. I am too. I am day seven into my whole 30. I bought a, another fitness tracker. I bought the Amazon Halo because the Fitbit Sense was a little bit too big on my wrist from when I'm running. And I had a bunch of Amazon credits because I spent a lot of money there, obviously. And I'm just excited for 2022. I am... Well, so I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. If you want to do something, do it. Don't wait for Monday and don't wait for... Well, it's a diet that we start on January because we had so much fun between Thanksgiving and Christmas. (laughs) Right. It's not really a resolution. It's a reset. (laughs) Well, no. Yes. So, but I have a focus. So every year in 2020, and I wrote an article about it. I shared it. We have an individual word and then we have a family word. Now we haven't done our exercise yet. We always give... I always give the family until the end of January because we're all so busy and, you know, I have adult children, but I've already started putting my words together, like what I want to focus on. And so energy is one of my words and manifest is one of my words, consistency, those types of things, you know, and it's really choosing the one that is going to be something that I repeat every single day. And then wastefulness, like, so I have no extraneous spending and those types of things. And uh, I already failed at that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I love the new year to breathe kind of new life. There's something exciting about a new calendar year. And and so I definitely believe in creating a focus so that you have clarity and something to push towards and something to really wrap your mind around and move towards. So I love a good New Year's resolution or New Year focus, a good reset. I kind of look at Mondays like a reset. Every week is a reset. Absolutely. I mean, every time you wake up and every hour, every minute's a new reset if you really want to do it. So I used to be really good at visualization when I was an athlete, when I was a wrestler, but I haven't really used that practice in my professional life too much. Mostly because when I was a teacher, I hated teaching. I find it fascinating that when I found this, when I sort of went through my midlife crisis, right? It was, I was working on my personal life and then that bled over into my professional life and found myself, you know, needing to do the same exercises that I was doing personally. And that there's this kind of separation between church and state when, and now it's more of uh, Joyce Russell from a DECO president of the DECO Foundation calls it work-life integration. And I very much feel much more at peace when I have my personal and professional sort of ideals a little bit more merged together than the split that we tend to have. I also think this work from home is creating this integration. I've always had this, and I think you know this because you've been on calls with me, but we're actually working. I try to bring my whole goofy self to everything because I work, I'm going to work so much, like so long in my life that like, it is exhausting not being yourself. So I don't understand why, if you don't like, like okay, I'm going to get on soapbox for a second. If you don't like your job and you're serious and it's terrible and like, and you can't be yourself enough to like be a little goofy, be a little funny and still deliver really great things to your, wherever you have to, whatever that means, like, why are you working there? And like, don't put your negative, like you want to be serious and not, dude, you're living during work. You are living. This is life. Right now, we're working. We're living. I can't stand it. It drives me insane. Well, as an older person, you, <laughs> we're in a different time, right? And it wasn't always, and particularly for women, 
it wasn't acceptable. No, that's, that's totally fair. And I get it. I get it. You needed to have the more masculine you were, you know, the more seriously you were taken. So it's taken a lot of work on myself as a female leader to be okay with being goofy and imperfect and all of the <laughs> funny, all of those types of, it's taken a lot of work to be comfortable in my own skin. It's true. Like I feel for like, so I'm not, not getting anyone in trouble. A very important female in my life had a boss who was like a hard ass woman who was super impersonal and like very like cold. And I feel bad for her. Right. I think she's way older than you are actually like, <laughs> well, my gosh, that is old. Anybody listening? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so guys, what we is your have predictions? Yeah. What is your new year's focus? What is your new year resolution? So Send those two, to us, please. Yes, oh yeah. Laura, what's your we want to hear it. My two words are, are manifest and energy. And okay. I want to bring energy with you. Yeah. I want to, I want to be able to, when I put my whole heart into something, it happens. And I want to be able to rinse and repeat that for smaller things, not just the big things. And so I want to be able to do that in smaller bites and manifest feels like a a really good word. And I have good energy and I want to be able to bring it consistently. And so those are the ones I'm grappling with, which one is going to be my one word. I'm not sure yet. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I think I'm going to get better at visualizing. So manifesting is visualization. So I'm going to tag along that ride with you. All right. I love it. And I have decided that I'm going to get in fighting shape this year. I don't care what I weigh. I'm going to get back to a fighting shape. So that's not one of your square round pair. What are we going? (laughs) I'm just kidding. A shape. (laughs) I mean, I'll take a pair. Anyway, no. Um, So for you guys don't know, I grew up, I started wrestling when I was five. Uh, I've been training martial arts since the pandemic hit basically in some way, shape or form. So, so that means a weight that's generally around 175 to 185 and more importantly, how I feel. And if I can actually like go to jujitsu and not be exhausted going a hard round with someone who's equally skilled or greater skill than I am. Anyway, that's what I've been focusing on. Anyway, that means I'm doing two a days, by the way, which is at least not as fun as it sounds. (laughs) So, all right. We have prediction guys for the staffing and recruiting industry. We have staffing tech first. I did some research guys. I talked to a bunch of people that I really trust, respect, and love. I uh, got some pretty cool feedback. Lauren, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll get your predictions at the end and we'll go from there. So we'll start with Staffing Tech first, Lauren. First off the bat, my new director, my new boss came up, said something. I mean, he's, for a gentleman of his stature, he's, so he's pretty hip. So what did Raymond say? NFT resumes. And I love this, right? Where do we want to see that integrity that it's the original? We want to see that in resumes, that it's the original content, that it's validated, getting NFT and blockchain and all of this involved in a resume, right? And we were we were quoted by Alex on the Morning Brew, 1482. We haven't seen much change to the resume since then. And so I love the fact that Raymond is touting NFT resumes. I think it's super exciting. And as far as predictions. I just think we're going to see more and more of that blockchain and people owning their information as they go to apply to individual opportunities or gig opportunities or whatever that is. There's going to be significant change there. And I think Raymond's 100% right. $420 million worth of investment money being pumped into this. Come on. That's pretty awesome. So just give some context around the Alex Lieberman piece, who's the executive chairman, class co-founder of Morning Brew. He also said like, and this is stuff that we already do, guys. Like if you're recruiting or hiring developers, go to their GitHub. If you are hiring a social media manager 
or someone who's a copywriter, go look at their art, right? So a social media manager has art. It's called their own feed, their own social media feed or feeds that they ran before, right? People are doing this already, but like, we're still stuck on this. Hey, submit my resume. Like, no, send me your LinkedIn, send me your, like, if I'm hiring you to develop, I don't give a crap what's on your Instagram necessarily, right? Unless you're some crazy person uh, who's quoting crazy outlandish things that's going to cause a bunch of drama in my life. But if you are a social media person, your GitHub maybe doesn't matter as much, but your work doing social does, right? Anyway, so it's super interesting. But yeah, two days ago, three days ago, I mentioned to Alex Lieberman that resumes were created in 1482 and he actually was talking about it today on his LinkedIn and Twitter. So anyway. Oh, I love that you listen. I listen to you <laughs> all the time. You're one of my favorite mentors. Anyway. Oh my goodness. All right. Next up, so Raymond Penny of Kylo, shout out to you and your NFTs. Be on the lookout for those eventually coming to a bullhorn instance near you. And then Darren Westall from Pager takes it another level, more personalization beyond merge tokens, you know, delivering the right content at the right time to the right person. You know, we're going to see more and more personalized content, which is terrifying because whenever I say red shoes, red shoes start showing up in my feed, right? It's terrifying. Well, are you manifesting those? I might be manifesting those red shoes, right? Red Red bottom. What's up? <laughs> but I think that he's 100% right. We're going to see more and more content. I've talked about the amount of content that is going in front of our consumers, 60 trillion pieces of content in any given time. And it's going to get smarter and smarter and smarter. And we're looking for conversion. We're looking for people to take action. And I, I think that AI and all of that intelligence is, is going to make it better for consumers. But I think it's going to require some uh, self-control for sure. <laughs> yeah. So sales have been doing this like with ABM, right? Account-based marketing. You're able to like use some AI to like pull in and create an opening line to an email where it's like, hey, Rob, you went to Rutgers. Hey, how about that Rutgers wrestling match last night? Oh, cool. Like, I actually care about Rutgers wrestling, right? I, I'm a season ticket holder, even though I live in Florida and they're in New Jersey. Not the point. I care. And so that's what they're talking about, delivering stuff that people care about at the right time. This has been happening in other industries and it's going to be happening more. Now, Tony Sorensen, the investor slash owner, boarder, whatever you want to call him, of Versique and Parka, told me today, I was on the phone with him. He gave me a quote, and it's more relevant to the staffing and general trends. But he said, Rob, I have not answered a phone call on my work line that is not my wife in three years. If you want my attention, you need to do something interesting and have it posted somewhere for me to find it. So like, if that doesn't tell you content-based marketing is what's going to, what's going to drive business, like, I can't think of a better example that happened in my real life today. <laughs> like, as we were talking, and that came to my mind because he said that How to me. How many like, emails oh, man. do you ignore because they're not even relevant to you? Because they're just the same regurgitated content over and over again that you know isn't customized. And then think about when you respond to something that is actually cultivated for you. It's such a different experience. Yep. Uh, shout out to Darren because Pager is hopefully going to be delivering something like that soon. I got to imagine if he's saying mm -hmm. it. Anyway, if he's saying it. Yeah. Excited. Right, let's jump down. I'm on a list, by the way. So I'm looking at a whole bunch of research and quotes. So I'm jumping to my former boss and one of the guys I respect the most, Keith Waitman, who is the vice, is he got to be a vice president? What is his title? Is he a vice president yet, for God's sake? Yes. All right, good. Keith, you're the man. Anyway, Keith said an increased in adoption of AI and automation. Which, He's a regional vice president, ooh, just RVP. so you know. What's mm -hmm. up? What's up? The region being the United States or North America, probably. So increased adoption of AI and, and automation, which Bullhorn can attest to because of the 
growth of Herefish in their user base, which is going to lead to a continued focus on the candidate experience. This one's more of like a trend than our staffing general trend. Increased flexibility in the workplace for both internal hires and consultants. So meaning the people you place to your customers, they're going to have increased flexibility in how they work, as well as your own team is going to have more flexibility. But by the way, that's going to require good technology to do that. It is. And I think tools like Candidately, like we're seeing Candidately having a spectacular sort of entrance into the market because it is that flexibility. Brands are going to have to be where customers want to shop. And so I think Keith is 100% right. In my business, I'm asking now that we're taking the ecosystem back to the, what is the core value of the organization, right? We can't even build a tech stack until we understand who the organization is. And now let's buy technology that really reflects the brand's values and culture and those types of things. Because you can build a tech stack with technology that reflects the you. And I think he's 100% right. And that flexibility, again, is being where the candidate is, meeting them where they are. Yeah, 100%. And then this one is actually my favorite. So I don't know if you noticed, but I went out of order of how they're listed. But better company branding to stand out in a competitive market. Let me read that again. Better company branding to stand out in a competitive market. What that means to me, so this goes back to the content idea, right? Because you need to have the expertise and you need the brand to stand out. Like a great example is Salo. We're going to quote a little bit, one of our favorite people in the world and in the industry. But Salo just redid their brand. It's, I see it, it's punchy. And now they have a great tagline, a great hero, it's a hero line almost, right? Like that's powerful. And everything they do is meaningful. And when we get to Adam Sprecher's quote or his trend of prediction, like it's pretty meaningful and it hit me pretty hard when I read it. So guys, build your personal brand. If you're a leader or a recruiter, make sure your company's brand is living the brand and then also celebrating it and getting it bigger. Anything you want to add? Like, like this is, this is well, a big yes, one. Yes, because I think, look, we opened the show with talking about being more yourself at work. And now we're asking companies be yourself, be the company that you want to be, tell people who you are. And I think let's go right into Adams because he's saying, we're seeing all of these postings of people talking about their new jobs and they're not talking about what their job is. They're talking about the company that they're joining. And so, which I think it's powerful, right? And that people want to join something that is meaningful. They want to be a part of something that is bigger than themselves. And I think when companies are absolutely unapologetic, when they accept who they are and they want to share that with the world, people respond to that. And I think Adam's prediction of job seekers wanting to be a part of something bigger than themselves, I think it's spot on. And I'm excited about that because we really are saying, we're all right with your dog barking in the background and, and we're okay if, if <laughs> you know, your kid comes in with a sniffly nose. People are people. And I, I love that at work, we're accepting that. Bring your human to work. Bring your human to work, Erica Keswin. She had it on the money. So Adam's quote, just so I can read it, give, it, give him credit. So Adam Sprecher of Salo, values and purpose continue to dominate decision-making overall. So this is from a leadership level, uh, but even more so in career choices. How many LinkedIn posts have you seen in the past two weeks in which someone is taking a new role and calls out elements of their new company, not the actual job? How are we in the staffing industry evolving our approach and processes to account for this? When we connect more people to the right work environments and the right work, everyone benefits 
let's be better and do better in 2022. So shout out to Adam. Shout out to Adam. He posted that on my LinkedIn post. So I was going to say, this has been a thing with millennials, right? And I think Gen Z-ish is like, we want to, you know, they always like make fun of millennials for wanting a cause or wanting to work for some company that has like a meaning. But the meaning just might be a company that they like working for, that they personality and culture fit jives with, right? Like, again, going back to like, I don't want to have, like, I want to be me. And I want to be at a place that values me and enjoys the same things that I do. Like, I loved working at Herefish, by the way. So I think you know this. But like, I don't think you knew that every time we did a trip together, the first thing we did every morning was find a place to work out as a company. When it was five white dudes working in a staffing tech company, we would go, and we were super small, we would go and find a gym at whatever city we were all in and do a workout. And I could not have been happier. I mean, that's awesome, right? And I mean, outside of the lack of diversity, you know, well, but... Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got more diverse very quickly. No, I'm totally giving you grief. No, but I think that's... Look, and Gen Zs, Gen Zs, okay, so they're a little more pragmatic, right? They want clarity, clarity of purpose, transparency in the career path. Tell me how I get to the next carrot. And I think that there's a way that we can collectively make all of those things work. And again, it's like meeting the candidate where they are, meet your employee where what is important to them intersects with what you have available. Yeah. And I think a good, a good kind of a good one to wrap up the staffing tech one, even though we don't reference any particular technology is Jordan from Stratus. Shout out to Jordan. She's like, I see a gap as the field of change. There's a gap in the way that Gen Z, millennials and baby boomers, et cetera, Gen X communicate. So Gen Z communicates so differently and we have to get our clients and hiring managers to communicate in a way to get the great talent on their team. So meaning how they, I guess, kind of bridges the gap, right? What channels are going to communicate through, like is it TikTok or whatever, and then how they actually communicate with them. So if you are looking for great young talent, you need to communicate where the great young talent is, whether that's Twitch or a streaming platform or TikTok, go there and ask questions if you don't know what any of those are. Be where they are. All right. Period. So let's transition. We've been kind of mixing up. This has been so great. I love it. I was, as I was getting these in, I was like in awe and like super happy and just like having all the feels of, of being. I know you were all excited. You texted me and I didn't text yeah. you back. For three days, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It was a busy first week of 2022. It was. All right. So moving over, let's, let's jump into, keep going with the trends and like these general ideas of the hiring workforce. Todd Duclos, VP of Marketing. I actually remember his title because it recently changed. So congrats to Todd for joining an incredible organization such as Loyal Source. So Todd said, the Great Resignation wave of retail collapsing two years ago. So really, the Great Resignation is a continuation of the retail wave, which had a collapse in workforce two years ago. There's no trust in corporations. So the gig worker percentage, the people who have worked gig or done gig work through a platform is going to increase. So according to Pew... In 2021, the state of research, they did a research report on the state of gig works. 60% of Americans had earned money or done a gig through a platform, a gig platform. Todd thinks that number is going to dramatically increase to about 45% in the next year or so. I don't disagree. I mean, and we've talked about this, the way that work works is changing. And I think it is more outcome driven. And I think those, and gosh, I want to do a podcast just on being able to be a successful independent contractor and what you need to do. I think that clarity of outcome 
where you can put a positive impact on an outcome, it will be essential in your ability to go demonstrate your value. And I think he's 100% right in that we're going to see this increase of people wanting to take control of where, how, and when they work and employers who are creating that flexibility and the, you know, meeting them where they want to be as far as where they work are going to be successful in, he calls it the great resignation. You and I have referred to it as a great migration because people are going to where they get the flexibility or they get what they need. And because we have more participation in the marketplace now. And so, yeah, I agree. And I think outcome-driven work where people are in control is where it's at. Yep. And I think that's going to be pretty, pretty interesting, right? Because I think maybe people will be happier in general, because again, you spend most of your days at work. So if you're not happy, guess what? It's pretty terrible. Anyway. um, (laughs) Everybody's had a job that they hated. So remember that feeling. Yes. And don't do that. And run away fast if you find yourself there. Yes. Run away. (laughs) All right. So that's on. I think for me, I think Aaron Grossman, so the founder and the CEO, I think he's on the, he's either the CEO or the board of directors. He's not the president of Talent Launch. I think he's the CEO. I'm doing terrible with titles, by the way, this whole episode. It's hilarious. He thinks the industry, so he thinks the staffing industry is going to continue to see a strong run. Some verticals like the travel nursing industry are just, are growing really, really strongly. So Talent Launch has a huge mix of verticals, but really what he said, and also kind of ties in the technology. So he thinks the industry is going to continue to grow. Some verticals, single digits, some verticals, massive double digits. But technology is still the catalyst, guys. And so as a trend for your general business, he's like, he's like staffing industry needs to adopt and get behind technology was his takeaway. He sent me a voice recording. So thank you for that, Aaron, while you're on the road. He was probably pontificating and recording himself as he was driving. Careful. He was going to a wrestling tournament because he coaches wrestling in Ohio. <laughs> Fantastic. I love all the little facts. And that's why we get along so well. And um, yeah, super smart guy, loves technology, clearly invested some money in some products that we, that a lot of our customers use and a lot of our consultants use. And yeah, get behind tech. And do you have anything to add about getting behind tech, Lauren? Um, I, I'm hello? sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Guys. keep it to like three sentences. Wait, okay. let's see. Be brief, be bright, adopt. That is my sentiment. Leap Consulting, we focus on uh, getting getting technology, building your stack fast and getting it adopted and then evangelizing that. And it's a rinse and repeat methodology of that. And you know what, guys? We're not in an emergency room. Nobody's going to die. It's okay to try some things and it's okay to have some things fail. But the agencies that are maximizing technology are the ones that are unafraid to try something. And... They're getting ahead. And they are. And they are. All right. So we saved my favorite for last. This is the best for last. And God love Donnie Payne. So Donnie Payne, who is the senior vice president of North American sales. So I know Donnie's title, even though Keith and Donnie are been working together for almost a decade, which is super cool. So Donnie gave us some really great answers. Oh my gosh. Nuggets of gold, Donnie. Thank you. Yeah. So his first prediction, and we'll just alternate these, Laura, is... The continued aggressive consolidation of the industry, both from a staffing firm and staffing technology uh, vendor perspective, and that will cause them to thrive. Private equity will definitely drive this. I believe this is the biggest impact to our industry, and most people outside the C-suite are not aware of it. Hell, look how it's impacted my career. (laughs) He's looking at me. I know, right? (laughs) So thank you, Donnie, for that. So guys, there is so much consolidation going on. Lauren and I talked, actually, we predicted this. Last year, we said this too, 
There's a huge amount of M&A going on. There's huge opportunities in it. Also has to do with the ability to use brand. Aaron Grossman uses brand or personalized and the Talent Launch brands. I don't know if you understand what Talent Launch does, but they're a bunch of independently run brands that all use Talent Launch's technology on the bottom. So they, they call it the Redwood culture. So they have the same tech stack, so it's easy to manage, but they keep their independent local brand So because they have brand recognition in that area. Whereas if you are a big national brand and you acquire a bunch of companies, little ones, maybe you want to use the big brand. Like if you're a deco and you buy a bunch of little mom and pops, you're going to take it under a deco because a deco will get you bigger business. So using your brand strategically, like Keith said, this is just a different part of it, right? I think this has to do with what the consolidation pieces as well, helping you thrive. Laura, did I mess that up? Do you disagree? Agree? No, no. I mean, look, we called it last year and there was so much consolidation last year. I mean, we were talking about one acquisition after another last year, and it's only going to continue this year. As we see uh, new technology evolve and uh, it's like hungry, hungry hippo, right? Just going out and gobbling up all the best stuff. And I think that people have to be ready for it. We have to accept the change, right? That and get excited about it. And then I think uh, I'll read Donnie's second, Talent Connection. Developing real relationships with candidates will be a competitive advantage and a must for every staffing company. Job postings and LinkedIn are dying fast. You have to mine your internal database while proactively developing relationships with candidates before you get a job order. Now, let me just tell you how many times I do a reverse demo or discovery with a customer And we talk about all of their job posting sources and we talk about where they get candidates. And the last place they talk about is their database. And Donnie is 100% right. You have the gold that people want right now, right in your database. And whether you're using automation or a good old-fashioned phone call, I mean, you have to do something to nurture and create real relationships with candidates because in a candidate-starved market where we are right now, what we do in staffing is all about relationships. And that's what we've always touted. And so I think that it is more important than ever. And I think Donnie's 100% right. We were on a call three nights ago with a prospective client. They talked about having really good recruiters who but really were focused on the transaction. They were too transactional, not focused enough on the relationship. Remember that? And to me, you're so busy as a recruiter. It's always closest to the dollar. Like there's a lot of reasons why we're transactional. So if you post and pray, which is what we're preaching against here, we're preaching against go to the database and and do that thing and use your nuggets of gold, use your database better. And automation and AI will help with that. But I'm going to bring this to something that I love that. So Brian Chesky, who's one of the co-founders of Airbnb, is at NY Combinator founding Airbnb all those years ago. And one of the Y Combinator investors slash like mentors says to Brian, here's what happened. They're founding Airbnb. They're talking. This guy's like, so like, how do you interact with your customer who are both the hosts and the people staying at the sites? And this is, there's only Airbnbs in New York City. Brian Chesky was in San Francisco at Y Combinator, not in New York City. And the guy goes, you need to get the hell out of San Francisco and go be at their door, learning everything you can from your customers, who at that point were the hosts. And so Brian and his co-founder flew to New York City and talk to them 1v1 all the time. Now, this is from, like this story gets told a lot by Reed Hoffman in his Masters of Scale podcast. But the theme of it is you have to do things that don't scale to actually 
understand your customer and receive massive growth. So whether you think not being transactional or having recruiters are transactional is going to scale or not, you still need to build a community, whether that starts as a newsletter, moves into doing happy hours, or moves into doing hosting professional advancement groups, which was one of the episodes that we did really early with, with coach Tim Wellmaker from eHire, who's no longer there, but coach said, get out in your community. He always hired people. If he hired people, he wanted to know what they did in college. Were they volunteering? Were they going to all these different things? He didn't want the person who stayed at home. He wanted the person who would always go out at night and be involved because that is how you actually build not only your sales side of the desk, but now how you're going to actually have to build your talent pool, people you actually know and are interacting with. So like, you're going to have to do things that don't scale, that aren't transactional is how that equates. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, and the idea is, so for everybody listening, that sounds totally overwhelming when our margins are smaller and we're being asked to do more for less continually by our customers, right? But the technology is supposed to make it so that we can take all of those little transactional administrative repetitive tasks. We can automate those through tools like HeroFish and Sense, and we can have tools like engine alerts through Staffing Engine that help us stay apprised of everything going on. We have all of these tools at our fingertips to help take all of those little ancillary tasks and make it so we can focus on these meaningful conversations. So making it meaningful has to be powered by technology. Yeah. And I like, sorry, if that was overwhelming. I just was very impassioned for a second there because I understand all that. Like that's my default setting, right? Like I don't want to do that manually. I want all the nonsense. to. Be... I know, but our our listeners need to know. I know. Well, I appreciate you breaking <laughs> it down for that and, and for holding me accountable. All that's right. right. The last one, and this one, I'm going to call Donnie out just for a little bit, just for fun. But all right, so Donnie says, analytics for the day. Staffing firms will need to understand who are their most valuable clients in a different way, aka the ones that are high margin and high growth. So this is being driven by point number one. So an aggressive consolidation. Also, they need to understand who are their most placeable candidates and most fillable job orders. All firms think they understand this until the accountants and private equity groups come in and they start to evaluate your business for the valuation and they can't figure it out because they don't have the stats for this, right? So this is what Donnie's saying. And then finally, he said, analytics will drive the value of any staffing business. So the moral of the story is you need good data. Now, by the way, Bullhorn, congratulations. You just bought Cube19 a few months ago. So it's the best best analytics platform for Bullhorn. So if you don't know what Cube19 is, go check it out. It'll make Donnie very happy if you do. But it's so true. People, if you can't figure out what the value of your business is because you don't understand it. And then also, if you can't tell, like, listen, If you can't tell a recruiter what, like, hey, if you don't have the stats on how fast a customer is going to get to interview, to get to hire for a candidate that they're working for, that's going to frustrate the hell out of somebody. And that's really easily accessible data that you should be able to bubble up. And that a recruiter could go, okay, hey, I have, let's say you assign recruiters jobs to, to work on. You assign them 10 jobs. Six of those jobs, we know how long it takes to get to interview to hire or to an offer. And it's seven to 10 days. And then you have three or four jobs that are longer tail. Maybe it's 15 to 30. At least they know, right? And I think that would really help you retain recruiters if they can see that. Yeah, but I also think what Donnie's talking about is, look, 
the close to the dollar. So what are your requisitions that are closest to the dollar? And you have analytics behind which orders do you actually have inventory for, right? Number one, and understanding what your inventory is comprised of. Big data is going to tell us that. Number two, big data is going to tell us what our average time to fill on a specific requisition might be. That's going to help the candidate and that's going to help you understand, all right, these are the ones that I can create a repeatable process for, for fulfillment. And big data can help tell us that. It can also help tell us, you know, there's so much to be gained from lost opportunity as well. I used to tell my, we used to call it the postmortem activity, right? So anytime we lost an opportunity, we come back and we look at why we lost that and then determine, do we have an opportunity to create a line of business that we're continually missing out on? Is there something that we can do to either perfect that business or is it just business we want to stay away from, which is also what he's saying. Very good thing to know. Yeah, right. Because you're not going to make recruiters aren't going to make money if they can't fill a job order. Exactly. Data will be able to drive those types of better intelligence to make your business more profitable, to help you fill faster. And the faster you can fill helps candidate retention and client retention. And so he's 100% right in that we have to get more intelligent at the way we consume the data and the way we leverage the data to run the business. And and I I think he's 100% right. Yep. And so if you don't have good data, you know who to call. You know who to call. Those are our 2022 predictions, people. Now, mind you, we are not sponsored by Bullhorn. So, no, we we are not sponsored by Bullhorn, but we had some big diversity in there with who we were talking to. We just happened to end with a doozy. Well, Donnie really, I mean, I just appreciated Donnie, like his thoughtful answer. It is like really powerful, pointed answer. So, again, thank you to Raymond of Kylo, Darren of Pager, Adam Sprecker of Salo, Donnie Payne, or the OG SVP of Bullhorn, Keith Waitman. RVP of Bullhorn, Todd Duclos, formerly of Bullhorn, now of Loyal Source, Jordan Stratus, Tony Sorison for Seek and Parka, Aaron Grossman of My Talent Launch. So thank you guys so much for jumping in. Thank you guys for listening. Lauren, it's going to be an incredible 2022. I can feel it. Super excited. In my bones. Uh, you feel it in your bones. Lauren is receiving some, are you guys getting an award at the racetrack? Or yeah, I was just there for an award ceremony. Yeah, we have an award ceremony this weekend. There are many awards being handed out. So I'm I'm excited. I'll let you know next episode. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Sometimes you know if you're getting an award before you show up. Yeah, off. we know about a couple. Okay. So yeah, right. I'll, uh, final humble, count to be. She's being humble bragging over there. All right. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsor, Leap Consulting. And see you guys next time where we'll get back to that more traditional format of some pretty fascinating interviews with partners and, and friends. Make it a great one. Thanks, Lauren. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Our firm focuses on three areas of opportunity as it pertains to technology in our industry. First is expeditious acquisition of technology, helping you make quick decisions and good investments for the betterment of your organization. The second is business process change management and adoption. And then finally, evangelization of your new differentiators of your digital transformation. Call Leap Consulting Solutions today. Thank you guys for tuning into the You on the Experience podcast. This is Rob. And I'm Lauren. Now go do something good. Bye, guys. <laughs>